Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2014 film Dear White People. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen the film, you should just be aware that we discuss elements of the plot and some things will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Hey, there you are. Hello. How's it going? You can see my face dead on this time. How's that? I can. I can see your face. Can That's you? Excellent. Can you hear me? Right. I I can hear the drums, Fernando. <laughs> I never know what the next line is. It's just, can you hear the drums, Fernando? It's then, can you hear the bass, Fernando? <laughs> but it's it's all about a sound check at a gig. Yeah, and then, can you hear the hi-hat, Fernando? I'd like a little more vocals in my monitor, please. There is something in the air that night. It's feedback night, Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> feedback night. That's where all the musicians go to get feedback on their work. That's exactly right. They turn up and say, please be kind to me. Yeah. Please be kind to me, Fernando, executor of all musical decisions. <laughs> he is the person who decides who can be in a band and who can't be in a band. He comes around to every band and is like, you, you're allowed to be in a band. You, you're not. Go away. Yeah. And you, if every every musician has to show their card that says that they've got the Fernando seal of approval. You know how in the 90s, the Nintendo games used to have the Nintendo seal of quality on them? It's kind of like that. Yes. You got to put that on your guitars. Exactly, exactly. Um, I always remember that one of the Nintendo game magazines in the nineties, their mascot was a seal, as in the seal of approval. Ah, I, um, I, I see what they did there. Who kind of ran their mailbox for letters in and things like that? I can't remember oh. which which magazine it was, but yes, it was an actual seal. I'm glad that Seal found time to do that, as that was the peak of his popularity following the release of the song "Kiss from a Rose," of course. <laughs> He was spending so much time playing Nintendo games. Baby, I compare you to a Nintendo seal of approval. <laughs> that was the first draft. You know, it's like, you know, when you're an artist and you're starting out, you have to have a day job. So but while you're at your day job, you, you're thinking about this kind of stuff. And his exactly. day job was replying to Nintendo fan mail. And he'd write songs while he was doing it. And that that's how we got such great hits as crazy actually written about being crazy about nintendo games yeah it's all about mario kart (laughs) Uh, seal he seems like a nice gent he does he does uh do do you want to talk about climate change do you want to talk about how fucking weird it is that like i went out without a coat today and yesterday at lunchtime it was like 20 degrees in london yeah um how's it been down there (laughs) it has been very hot down here as well it's been very mild um of course there is a difference between climate and climate um but it is certainly a little bit disconcerting that we're having such a strong heat wave in february (laughs) yeah although like flat earth types are all like oh it's not climate it's just weather 
uh, you don't understand the difference, thereby proving that they actually don't understand the difference. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, there is a big difference between climate and weather. Um, and, and so that's why when people turn around and say, oh, it's really cold today, so much for climate change. It's like, no, that's not how it works, dude. Yeah. You want to look at stuff like the global temperature, but it's all fake anyway. Like, President Trump, that is not how it works. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, who says you can measure the temperature of the Earth anyway? What, do you have a giant thermometer that's as big as the planet? No, it can't be done. Exactly, exactly. It's all fake. It's all smoke and mirrors. Literal smoke and literal mirrors. Yeah. So whilst I'm I'm glad that, you know, it was actually nice to go out without a coat today, it's actually kind of worrying and it's like you can't enjoy it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and again, you know, we've had heat waves in, in February before and everything like that. Um, that. Pay more attention to what scientists are telling you, which is that everything is bad and we're all going to die unless, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unless we change things drastically, tra- change things quicker than most elections would allow us to change things. And if they're so not telling you that, we're they're a fake doomed. scientist. We're, we are all doomed, I'm afraid. Uh, yes, I, d- I do believe that's true. So, you know, we've got films and stuff, but I'm I'm trying to be more positive. I think in the last few episodes, especially as we've been talking about stuff like Brexit and what a fucking shit show it is, I decided that I want to be more positive, you know? I want to stop ranting about trains and Brexit and all the stupid stuff, and I want to try and find positive things. And, you know, I know that sounds that sounds kind of cheesy, but that's true. So it was it was still a nice thing today. I still enjoyed that. Yes. And my trains were all on time today, so there you go. Oh, there we go. For once. And I submitted a claim for the one that was off, not on time the other day, and they're going to give me £4 for it, so Mate, there you that go. that is nearly enough to buy a coffee. <laughs> yeah, well, not not in London. <laughs> 12, £12 it is, £12. I get in every morning on the train, and I'm walking along the South Bank, and all the Cockneys are all lined up with their stalls. Get your coffee, get your coffee. £12 a latte! Because some of them are northern as well, you know, it's a very diverse place. It's a, it's, it's <laughs> lots of cultures intertwined in London. Yeah, but it's still predominantly dominated by Cockney culture, of course. Of course. <laughs> Which I'll, I'll be exploring in my forthcoming film, Dear Cockney People. Dear Cockney People. Um. So, so I'm very pleased that since you have a newfound um, jeu de vivre about finding positives in everything, in everything that I chose a film that is about institutionalized racism. I said I was trying. That doesn't mean I have a joie de vivre. That's that's. that's <laughs> I would I would not go that far. Not quite that far yet. Yeah, you know, it's more like the, the it's more like the five stages of grief, and I'm somewhere. I'm past denial, but what's the next one? Anger. Furiousness. Is it anger bargaining acceptance? Farting. I can only I can only <laughs> remember ever remember it from The Simpsons. The first is denial. No way, because I'm not dying. But then I can't remember what the next one is. The one where Homer sits in the chair and he thinks he's going to die because he's eaten some fugu fish. Indeed. That's one of my very favourite episodes. But as we just... I think, was it on was it on this podcast or was it on my other podcast last week where I talked about how I think my favourite Simpsons um, moment ever is when it's Robert Goulet and he turns up to the, the Treehouse Casino and um, he, <laughs> Bart's running the treehouse casino, and, Nel- and Nelson picks him up, brings him in, and he says, "Is this really the casino? I think I should call my manager." And Nelson says, "Your manager says for you to shut up." And he goes, "Vera said that." 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good moment. It's a really good moment. Actually, this may not have been a podcast. This may have just been me actually having a conversation with someone. It's like I can't even remember conversations unless they happen with a microphone in front of me. I didn't realize actual conversations happened anymore. I thought it was all podcasts. Yeah, you, you could be forgiven for thinking that anyone under the age of, what I don't know, 40 <laughs> has to experience all of their conversation online now. Indeed, indeed. And that definitely means podcasts are not phone calls, because as we know, phone calls are the work of the devil and I will not stand for them. Well, I think the big difference is that phone calls are a spontaneous thing and everyone hates that kind of spontaneous human contact. Yeah. If you don't, I am very suspicious of you. Whereas yep. with a podcast, you've got it prearranged. You've got a time you're going to do it. And that is much better. That's exactly right. It's I, I need everything in my life to be prearranged. And when it's not, I'm very, very angry. Which is why I, I have an, an arrangement with, with the Cockneys in the morning. I always go to the same Cockney to get the same coffee every day because he knows how to make it for me, you know? There we go. There we go. Yeah. Um... So yeah, dear Cockney people will not be much like dear white people because I don't know how to make film and Justin Simeon, who made dear white people, does know how to make a film and I thought it was quite good. What did you think? Yes, yes. I I really like this movie quite a lot. Um, it's one of those films, and it doesn't happen very often, where before it gets released, um, there are conversations happening about it. and And you'll notice that this movie's IMDb score is a little bit lower than it probably should be. Um, down at about 6.1, I think it is. And that is because it was review-bombed constantly before it even came out by angry white uh, right-wingers. Um, because they basically saw the trailer and thought, oh no, it's people saying white people are bad. Let's not be nice about this film. Um, but in reality, it um it, it i think it takes a very um subtle look at racism in a lot of different ways framing it around uh, an event that very much could be a real life event and, and, it, and in fact pretty much is yeah and in a way that's kind of the point of it isn't it the title and the way that it's set up is designed exactly to annoy those kind of stupid people who don't really understand the nuance of these kind of issues and are going to respond to it in that way that's exactly what the the film and the director want you to do so that and that's good publicity so well done <laughs> yes yeah and 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 i think it it does tick all of those boxes very well in terms of you know poking the bear the 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 slow drooling bear that is white racism to 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 get it to to slovenly try and pour a movie that's much more intelligent and erudite than it could ever be the angry polar bear trying to catch a fish. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so this movie um, revol revolves around um, a group of black students at a prestigious university in America. Um, and it, it goes through their lives um, and their interactions and the way that race plays a role in their day-to-day -day lives as students. Um and it all culminates in a big racist party by a bunch of rich white people. <laughs> and that's not that doesn't mean a party where the racism is okay. It means that the party is racist and it's bad. Yes, yeah. It's not it's not a um it, it's not a pleasant uh place to be. Um It's basically to, a blackface party. 
Yes, yeah, and and it's kind of framed as 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 racism often is in this day and age. It's framed as a free speech issue, um, and there there are. I, I think this movie is one of the best films I've seen at talking about um, race in the so called post racism age, where you'll yeah. often hear people saying, "Oh, racism isn't around anymore." Um, you know, equal equal rights and everything like that, and you see it about any kind of marginalized yeah. group. Um, they always say, oh, well, that doesn't happen anymore. It's like, yes, it does. And it happens in subtle ways and it happens in ways that you can't see. Yeah, it's like um, just because, you know, white people and black people can drink from the same fountains now and rent the same houses or whatever. There aren't signs saying no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. It doesn't mean that racism is over. But a lot of white people would tell you that it does. Yes. And and, and that, that partly comes down to um, the 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 lack of understanding that racism is an innate part of of a lot of the cultures that have been created due to their long-standing racist ideologies that formed them in the first place um and 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 this this movie it talks a little bit about that it talks a little bit about how the default in society still isn't equality that that our, our so-called meritocracy is not truly a meritocracy because there are still these innate differences in the way that people interact with one another yeah not not remotely but at the same at the same time it it does make some bold statements about race and about racism but at the same time it's more exploratory it's it's a film that's very very keen on exploring um you know the meaning of black culture and white culture but also student culture and how all those things come together and the complexity and the nuance of all of that stuff with the history and the various contexts that it has. And I think it does that in a very good way without actually going too hard on any one message. I think it's very, very good. It's well put together in that way because it's still a very funny and very watchable film. Like it, what's, what's really good about it is that it works as a standard campus comedy, but it does have all of this depth in talking about race as well. Yeah, and, that, and that's exactly why I thought of this film when we were watching The New Romantic, in that it... It's another film that takes a very complex issue, in fact, probably a much more complex issue um, of, of racism at universities. Um, and it it does it in a way that's both funny, like you said, it's both funny and it's intelligent and it's thought provoking. Um, and, and like you said, it, it is more of a discussion piece that it's not about finding the answers here, but instead trying to convey um, experiences and, and try and sort of discuss the issue of you know um bro culture and the way that that kind of white bro culture is an easy outlet for racism to manifest yeah and i just yeah and i I thought that that was what it was strongest at it wasn't really plot driven either um you know you knew that the party was going to happen and whatever but it wasn't really about this kind of huge conflict and resolution because actually you got a lot of quite a few different people and a lot of different plots actually it was more about characterization i mean sam is essentially the main character um and she does have her nice little moment at the end where she holds hands with the white fuck boy whose name i've forgotten <laughs> that's um, his name isn't it <laughs> white fuck boy yeah <laughs> yeah um i couldn't remember his name but he's the ta and they have this sort of on-off romance but it's clear that he really likes her and he's white and they they kind of get together at the end but it's not like a big emotional moment it's just kind of she has a little bit of talk about her her dad being ill which i actually wasn't wasn't 100% sure that that was necessary but it was still kind of a nice little MacGuffin to kind of 
make it just a little bit emotional at the end. And I liked that, but that wasn't what the whole thing was building up to. The whole film was just showing that all of these kind of various tensions are happening across the campus. They come to a head. Boom. There's a bit of fallout. That's it. Here are some issues that I would like you to think about. I hope you had fun. Yes. And and I think I think that the role of her of her father does play a part in in the character piece because there I think one of the best things that this movie does and um you know we're we're two white people so I'm not sure whether our our discussion of this can can be entirely relevant here um I've always been a strong proponent of um of, of groups having a more finite discussion about um art that revolves around them which is why sort of you know I talk a lot about mental health so when it comes to things about mental health I feel like I am the be all and end all authority on the subject. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you're always open to discussion. You're always going to actually want to have a dialogue with people and to hear other people's perspectives. And if someone has a unique perspective on it that is related to their condition or some characteristic of their being, you're going to recognize that it's important for them to, for their voice to be heard, right? Yes, exactly. Um, but but I do feel as though you know, but there's only so far we can take it on this as as a as a couple of of, of white white men. Um, yeah. But I but I think one of the things that I really liked about this movie um, was the way that it talked about these characters being held up as um, as an image for society so with sam um she you know she's seen by a lot of people even even some of the other members of the black student union that she is this um you know she's this figurehead almost she's this battering ram to go through and and create these discussion points so by allowing her to then have these moments where she talks about her personal life which is never really discussed by anybody in the film it, it, nobody really cares about that. They only care about her as this figurehead. I think that was quite an, an intelligent, tender way to to show that there is actually humanity underneath people, even though society and even the people that supposedly support them don't always see it that way. Especially people who willingly want to be involved in student politics. Yeah, and and I think it and it does that for everybody in the film. Um, you've got the you've got various people that are supposedly these these archetypes or or that fail to fit into the archetypes and so they don't necessarily feel as though there is a place for them in in society anywhere um because they they are they um our society with its um very heavy focus on race is trying to pigeonhole people into places that they don't necessarily fit and i and i think that was one of the most interesting things that this film did uh talking about the pressures of um of of black people fitting into certain stereotypes yeah and, and especially where that on campus comes from. as well and especially you know in the context of prestigious institutions and stuff it's a really big deal in the US that it's like a, an ivy fictionalized version of an ivy league school and you know everything at like that all this kind of pressure to 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 be somebody or to do exceptional things or whatever that's like that's on that campus and it's like there's a there's the the hall of residence which is all black and stuff and it's like if you don't fit in there well then are you truly black and that's what the character lionel deals with you know it's like it's really yeah that side of it was really interesting i thought his character was one of the more interesting ones as well because i uh, sometimes i liked him and sometimes i didn't because at first you felt like he was sort of he was sneaking around a bit and trying to write this story and he seemed a bit wet but then when it gets to the party, he starts smashing shit up and rapping and stuff. And you're like, yes, that's the Lionel I want to see. Yes. And I've, I felt that Lionel's character, I think, was one of the most interesting in the film. And I, 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 he 
he's pretty much I've, I've watched this film a few times and he's always my favorite i mean i go through I think all of the lead characters in this film, I think all of them are fascinating in different ways, but he, as an outsider, um, where where he says that, you know, he doesn't feel like he fits into the black community because he listens to Mumford and Sons and watches Robert Altman movies. <laughs> um, it, his, his place as this outsider on that culture, you know, I think is fascinating. And you can see that he's he's trying to find this place to fit in and he's trying to find some kind of acceptance somewhere which leads him to um pursuing this kind of character study this kind of um bit but you know again we've got a very good example of student journalism that is far better than what you'd probably get <laughs> in the uk i don't yeah. know what it's like in america well, in america is it that much better well. i feel like it is i feel like they all have really established like newspapers especially in the prestigious place they all have really established papers that everyone reads and it's like a really big deal or even like the radio it seems like in this way everyone's listening to her radio show so i appreciated that as a as a former radio radio person as you know Maybe I should have called my show Dear Posh People, (laughs) (laughs) being at the university that we were at. But yeah, all of that. And yeah, student politics as well, I find is really interesting. Like in in the US, it seems much, yeah, much more focused on people who like want to be future leaders and stuff. Although I guess in the UK, it's the same. But I think I feel like people at, at our university who wanted to be student politics were just kind of a lot of oddballs. And some of them, you know, because it, you get like a year off. I don't know if it's the same in the US. I don't think it is. But in the UK, or at least in our context, wasn't it that like you, you get a year, the if you were the president of the Students' Union, that was like a year away from your studies and it was like a job? Well, I think they you generally did it after you'd graduated, didn't you? Yeah, but there was a guy who'd been doing it for four or five years and was like in his mid-20s and still hadn't finished his degree. Oh really? Because because most yeah. of the people I know who who were like presidents, I won't name the names, but you you know the guy who I mean, right? I know who you mean. Yeah, we uh, um, we wrote a song about him and what he did in the bath. We did, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and um, but I but I at other universities, some of the people that I know who've gone into student politics, um, when they become presidents and things like that, it's often been after they've graduated. Where they then, where they then do it afterwards. So they've they've made a, you know, they've made an impression over the course of their degree, and then afterwards they stay on to, you know, look out for student interests, and then move on afterwards. Um, so I'm not sure how it works in the states. It, it seemed as though it was done alongside studies. Yeah, I definitely definitely got that impression, and that seemed kind of cool. And then you got a boy, um, a boy Troy, who is the dean's son, who likes to smoke weed and write jokes. <laughs> Yes, and and again, you know, I I think, and what I love about this film is the way that it does sort of like set up all of these characters in a way that you think they are, and then it kind of pulls the rug out from under you a little bit in terms of like what they're what they genuinely want to do, um, and 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 with Troy, he's he's got all of these family pressures from his from his dad, who's the dean, um, but in reality, it's clear that he doesn't really want to pursue any of that. Yeah, and you it makes you realise that people are complicated, you know. No no one is just their race, no one is just their gender, no one is just this, that, or whatever. People always have different desires and want to do different things. But people, yeah, as you say, often get pigeonholed, especially if you do a radio show called Dear White People and it's all about race, then that's the only aspect of your character. When actually she's like a really talented filmmaker as well. But and, it's and what but I that's find... recognised by her relationship with White Fuckboy, who's the TA in her class. <laughs> And what I what I find so refreshing about um about this film is um that 
in a normal movie like this, you wouldn't get this level of characterization. <laughs> and so, so having this level of characterization in a kind of um, university set film, it's so good to see such well-rounded characters here. It, it's great. And e- even the more sort of like generic, I suppose, or, or more straightforward characters um, like like terrible young racists. Black All of them have got all of them have got a little something about them that makes them feel more interesting and and more more human than um your usual suspects in these kind of films yeah for sure no one no one's a cardboard cutout no no i i think it really strikes home because it's the kind of thing that does happen in real life so i don't know if you remember at university um there were parties the blackface scandal that actually happened in more or less the same way (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, it does happen, this. And and so, you know, a lot of people were saying about how outrageous this film was, but this is quite clearly just a... a it's a retelling of, of real-world events. This happens all really? the time. People, people thought it was outrageous? Like, in what way? Like, I don't remember hearing much about this film at the time. I remember hearing about it, but I don't remember hearing about any commentary or whatever. And I actually heard more about the TV series that was based on it when that came onto Netflix, which I haven't seen either. But what did, what did people think it was outrageous about? People were, people were furious about the fact that it was called Dear White People. Wow. Yeah. The wambulance was called for online Does someone races. need a wambulance? Um, and 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 yeah so people were furious about that and then the trailer came out and and the 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 promo stuff came out which was generally just like the snippets of the dear white people radio show and people were calling it out for being racist against white people and saying this is an outrage blah 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 um and it's it was yeah it was it was quite prevalent online um if you look at well i i think the comments section on imdb has now disappeared i think they quite wisely got rid of it a few years ago um but even if you look at the reviews on there that are the written reviews a lot of them are furious white people um saying about how mean it is to white people and how wow. white people can't catch a break and and that was a very <laughs> <laughs> the only response to that is just wow. Yeah, it's that or to push someone down a well. Let's be honest with you. <laughs> snowflakes. Um, yeah, all, all these all these white snowflakes, literally snowflakes. All of you, get out. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, and, and that did become um a a little bit of a of a of an online backlash storm. It was in the days before that kind of stuff happened all the time. It was before um, Star Wars The Last Jedi. It was before yeah. Captain Marvel. Um, These days, this pre- is happening just like every single day about everything, isn't it? Yeah, so so it was even pre-Gamergate um, when this was going on because it was a long time God. before the, before the film came out. It was actually quite a while um, between like the trailer and the film actually releasing. So um, there was, yeah, there was something of an online storm about this movie, which I don't think necessarily hurt it very much because it kind of, like you said, it kind of boosted... Um, it's 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 vision and 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 it it boosted how many people could find it, whilst also proving exactly its own reason for existence before anyone had even seen it. <laughs> exactly, and that's what's beautiful about it is that the 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 angry internet nerd reaction to this film it just proved its point perfectly, and that's that was something great. But it was still quite unnerving to see, yeah. um, particularly coming off the back 
of, you know, it wasn't that long after we'd been to uni, so it wasn't that long after, like, blackface parties, which were, you know, rightly condemned by a lot of people, but... But it's as this, still happening. As this movie pointed out, they made an event like that, and over 100 people still came along. People still take part in these kind of things, and, and you know, over the over the footage of the end of this movie, they show the real-world examples of, of this kind of thing happening. Yeah. So, yeah, for, from that point of view, I think it's actually quite a realistic film, even though it's very, very funny and it's a comedy and a lot of it is, is set up and played for laughs. The the conversations that people are having and the, the dialogue is really, really strong and really, really the kind of conversations that you can hear every day on social media. If you if you look, probably not very far. Stuff like when they're sitting, he's sitting um, I think it's Troy, he's sitting with the white kids and they're all going like... Um, and he says to them, oh, you have country... He's like, why can't they say the N-word? And he's like, oh, we have country... You have country clubs, we get to say the N-word and stuff. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, there, 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 there's some amazing lines in this movie. Um, it's it's really good. Um, and, and, and some of them come from like... You know, you've got these perfect examples of 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 racist stuff being said by people, and then and then these rebuttals. And I think one of my favourite things about this movie is the way that um, they they mildly reference Gremlins as being a racist yeah. film. And 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 I think there was actually, there has actually been plenty of discussions over the years about Gremlins as an allegory for for racism and as an allegory for other cultures entering white neighbourhoods. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And and so you know that even in those little quips, there are moments of um, discussion about race that are worth having. It's a it's a great script. I mean, really tight. Every line of dialogue in this movie, and there's a lot of dialogue in this film. Um, every line of it is worthwhile. Yeah, and the girl who like has a relatively small role, but still is a big part of it in the end. Um is it Coco? I think the one who wants to really wants to be on Coco, TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she's just like inexplicably really wants to be on TV. And she's like a sort of minor YouTuber. And she's talking to the guy who's, to, there's, there's weirdly a guy in the background who's sort of producing a documentary or looking for re- people to star in a campus reality TV show. And it's a plot thread that doesn't really go anywhere until the last shot where he's with the Dean and the president. And he's like, I could get you a lot of money. And they're like, her, tell me more. But, um, she's she's like a youtuber and he's saying to her you know i think someone says what are your chances and she's like we live in a world where there's a big mama's house three i don't stand a chance (laughs) which tickled me yeah it's it's great and it has a reference to coming to america as well there's a reference to coming to america and he's he's like um it's from white fuck boy and he's he's talking to her about films or i can't remember the context but he's like can i at least get credit for a solid coming to america reference and she's like nah (laughs) <laughs> and again i think there's a um I, I i think that character works so well because you've got you know that you you've got these um these people that view it through the lens of cinema instead of viewing it through the lens of a real world event um and 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 work, and life isn't as easy as a movie you know there's complexities to it there's difficulties to it and there's nothing is as as clear cut and i think that's something that this film does incredibly well is is, is it shows you those those blurred lines and um and, and it's really, nothing to do with robin thick nothing to do with robin thick i might point out but it but it shows you those blurred lines and it shows you though that that it's not easy to answer these questions that this film is posing 
No, and it, it doesn't it doesn't ask you to answer them either. It just asks you to think, doesn't it? Whilst also exactly. being entertained. Exactly. It's a great discussion piece that will also make you laugh and then make you think about it at two in the morning and go, oh God, we're really fucked, aren't we? Yeah. Because actually, probably, it may be cynical, but things probably haven't really progressed or gotten any better since this film has come out. If anything, since this film, the kind of social media discourse and the the trollification of discourse and culture that has happened since then has just made, taken all of that stuff and just really amplified it, hasn't it? It's all, oh, everyone's taking away free speech and no platform forming on campus. And then, like, if there was to be, like, a blackface party, you know that just, like all of those discussions would be happening over and over going like, oh, is this okay? I don't know. Is it free speech? And like loads of fucking hand-wringing about it. No, it's not okay because it's blackface and that's massively racist. Just no, don't do it. Go and do something else. (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly. And I, I don't know if it's necessarily got any worse in recent years, but I think that you're right that the the discussion has become louder and it and it makes me think of um i can't remember where i saw it but someone someone said it's probably on twitter a lot of stuff i see that i like is on twitter in fact a lot of stuff that i see that i hate is also on twitter. <laughs> i was gonna say that's exactly um, it. i see a lot of stuff that i really like and a lot of stuff that just makes me want to die <laughs> exactly that that's your tagline for twitter jack if that is your real name <laughs> at jack at jack um, but I saw I saw something. He's got the cold, dead eyes of a killer. That man. <laughs> um, but I, but I saw something. It was probably on Twitter. It might have been elsewhere. Uh, someone said, "I wish we could go back to the good old days where the people that were marginalised didn't complain as loudly." <laughs> and, and 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 that's kind of the point, isn't it? Is is you know we're having those discussions now. Does that mean that things have got worse, or does it mean that people are just actually talking about it? Yes, and I, and I think that's that they're. I think that there has been this move, um, this kind of vocal backlash against rights and and this backlash against inclusion and against diversity. Um, But I don't necessarily think that that backlash is actually pushing things in the wrong direction. I just think it's, well, I hope it's the death throes of a bunch of morons. Yeah, no, no. What what is good about it is that social media and this level kind of discourse has given a voice to people who didn't have a voice before so we're hearing about all of this stuff where we weren't hearing about it before and that's definitely a really really good thing but the problem is that we're also hearing the response to it from stupid twats yes exactly and and, and, and that, that is being thing. amplified by the media and by the social media platforms as part of the kind of algorithmification of culture as well it means that all of that bullshit's being amplified too you've got to have a discourse tm a discourse is all there is yeah. no life. There yeah. is only discourse. You've got to hear both sides. Even if one side is a drooling, angry man wearing a KKK outfit, you still have to listen to him. Why won't you debate me? <laughs> but it's, exactly. it's the same as how my, my on, on the BBC... are being infringed. <laughs> it's the same as how on the BBC, every, every single debate on the BBC, without exception now, is his... Here's a climate scientist with 30 years of, um, you know, 30 years experience and 10 PhDs who is an expert in the subject. Here's the here's the head of the Flat Earth Society and let's give them equal weight and equal billing. Yeah, or or let's invite someone who ran for the council under UKIP back onto Question Time as a member of the public for the fourth time. Yeah, exactly. You know, after inviting Nigel Farage onto Question Time all the fucking time when he's never even been an MP. Yeah. 
um and yeah so so i think in terms of where we are at the moment in society we need to get over the the idea that discourse is everything and that dialogue between two sides is everything because not everything is equally rate weighted you know um don't give time to massive racists don't give time to horrible bigots don't give time to people who think that vaccines are a bad idea or that the earth is flat or that climate change isn't real yeah no dialogue is a good thing conversation is a good thing i mean just probably 10 15 minutes ago i was saying how great it is that this film um prompts a dialogue and depicts dialogue between black and white culture in a really really interesting way and between campus culture and between people and all of that stuff is very very good but none of those people are flat earthers the point is you do not owe (laughs) you do not owe flat earthers your time you do not owe racists your time no exactly um and and i think and their voices do not deserve to be amplified either because they're saying stupid shit no precisely don't give stupid people a megaphone they will only shout shit jokes out of it um (laughs) (laughs) and but enough about live at the apollo (laughs) i couldn't think of a comedian i didn't like to finish that joke so you just went with all comedians (laughs) um (laughs) And uh, and so um, so this movie ends with the party and um, and 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 the party itself is a really great metaphor for um, for racism as a whole, I suppose, because it starts off just as this kind of um, very personal attempt to take down one person, but doing so in a very cruel way. When they realise that it's a bad idea, it's already too late, and um, it has been overrun with extremely racist stuff that was never necessarily their initial intent yeah people wearing masks and you know white people rapping and stuff white people should never rap there's Um, a guy rapping he raps like milo yiannopoulos the guy in the film before lionel pushes him off the stage why did did he have to remind me that milo yiannopoulos exists i listened to his gospel song it was Uh, very very bad in my mind he was just lying down quietly in a room sobbing for the rest of his life and now you've just reminded me that he's probably somewhere doing something stupid and getting paid money by idiots to do it and i i heard he's now trying to make it in australia i mean good luck to him i definitely don't hope that some kind of poisonous animal bites him i was gonna say the good news is that australia has the more the most species of animal that can kill you and he's quite stupid so he probably would just like <laughs> walk up to some kind of killer cobra and let it bite him should we tell him that that only cucks don't let themselves get bitten by spiders <laughs> yeah well that you know if he truly supports free speech he has to box against a, a kangaroo that's twice his size <laughs> and lose <laughs> oh oh dear um, but yeah, so so this movie it's it's quite a shocking end, but it's the kind of thing that that does happen. And yeah, other other white fuck boy who is the president's son, who is a massive douche and looks like all of the kind of right wing Richard Spencer types rolled into one young bastard. He's yeah, he's great. <laughs> it's a very good performance as that kind of role. He's very very hateable and yeah, and he beats up Lionel. But before he does, Lionel kisses him after he calls him a fag. Which which is a great moment. Yes, yeah, and 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 that's another aspect of this movie is you know um, you've got that that kind of intersectionality built into it, 
um, which is very rarely looked at in film and very rarely looked at in media at all. Um, often when you get a movie that's about a specific um, subject, um, like everybody's least favourite um, Oscar winner, apart from perhaps now that this year has rolled around, before that it was Crash, which everybody hated. Um, yeah, I was going to say, everyone's really down on Green Book right now. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, I haven't seen it, so I can't speak on the matter. But from what I've heard, it's it's not a good discussion about racism. Um, and and kind of is, is having allegories of Crash, which was the movie before this that that caused the biggest sort of upset. This is Crash with the one that's got a thousand plots and stuff. Yes, not the Crash that's about people getting turned on by car crashes. Not the sexy one. The, 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 the not good JG Ballard based. No, on not it, the JG yeah. Ballard film. Um, the one about racism. Um, and and whereas you know where, whereas dear white people, it, it has. You know, it it talks about things beyond just a simplistic construct of what racism is. Yes, it's it's not black and white, despite the title. <laughs> I will never forgive you for that pun, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, there's some homophobia thrown in there as well, and actually, um, Lionel's homosexuality is is explored in a, quite a nuanced way, but it's quite subtle as well. There's only a couple of scenes where. You see, he's got this relationship with the newspaper editor who wants in the story, but then they're they're kissing as well, and it's like there's a little bit of romance for him, so you feel good about that. And then he uses he uses it as in that context where he's already being racially abused to just bring in that element of intersectionality there, and it's not trying to make a huge point, but it's trying to say here's something that you should think about. Yes, yeah, exactly, and and again, it, it's it's making you think. I mean, I know that sounds like a cliche, but this movie makes you think, and it Hashtag makes you think. Make you think. Hashtag makes you think, um, it, it, and it does that, and it's very effective at doing that. Um, and it doesn't give you the answers because, hey, if if a movie had the answers to um, casual racism, we'd probably be in a much better place as a society. Yes, the Oscars would be very, very different, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, speaking of the Oscars, yeah, should um, we, talk about, should we that? talk about the Oscars a little bit? Yeah, sure. Everyone, everyone hates Green Book. I haven't seen it. It looks all right. You know, it looks like a perfectly passable, enjoyable story about some some race stuff and whatever. So I will maybe see that when it comes onto TV. But yeah, is it is it a best picture candidate? Probably not. I think it's a movie. I'm about judging how, it without having seen it. Obviously, from what I've from what I've heard, it's a movie about how white people can overcome racism. And now, nah, mate. I can't be bothered with that kind of film anymore. Yeah. Um, particularly one that the family of the person involved has said this is a load of bullshit. Um, I, I do not have time for that. Um, so I'll probably watch it at some point, but it's not on my. When top you list. feel like you need a, a white savior narrative. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, or if I, um, if you didn't get enough from La La Land of a, a white man saving jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Um, whereas, you know, you had movies like Black Klansman, which I don't know if that was, I think that might've, I mean, I do, I did love the favorite, but I think Black Klansman might've been my favorite movie of, of, of the nominees. And I really wish it had won. Yeah. I still haven't seen it, but as I said, I've read the book, which is amazing. Yeah. And, and so Spike Lee did get his Oscar because he got best adapted screenplay. Great. Um, Olivia Coleman won. Brilliant. Yeah, Loving she it. deserved that for the favourite. Absolutely, that's a very, very good film, which we discussed just a few episodes ago. But yeah, it um, it cleaned up. 
but it not did. quite. It, it didn't get um, everything, but it got. It didn't get everything. Um, and uh, Black Panther won a fair bit. Won yeah. what, three Oscars in the end, was it? So we got costume design, um, production design, the ones that um, the ones that only nerds care about. Yeah. Um, and so you know that's that's great that you know Marvel has actually won Oscars for something. Now Marvel Studios has won Oscars for something. Um, so all those people who said that Black Panther was just SJW nonsense get in the bin. It's got yeah. Oscars. Yeah, you know didn't get Oscars. Any other Marvel Studios movie? Yeah, you don't didn't get Oscars. Anything racist apart from Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it was an interesting ceremony. There were some head scratches there. I haven't seen Roma either. Have you watched Roma? No, I keep meaning to watch it, but it looks like it's a very deep I've movie. watched the and first half hour of it and it was quite enjoyable. But I just, um, I then had to go out and didn't finish it, but, um, I will be finishing it at some point and I was quite, I was quite enjoying it. It had a really, really nice languid pace. It was really, really well shot. Um, but I've heard mixed things. Some people were bored by it. Yeah, well, some people are bored by good stuff, aren't they? Not every movie has to be Transformers. Yeah. People. God. You know who's not won an Oscar? Transformers. (laughs) Optimus Prime. (laughs) Optimus Prime didn't win Best Actor. How many awards have you got, Optimus Prime? I bet even, like, Skeletor's got more than you. Couldn't even save your home planet, Optimus Prime. How do you think you can win an Oscar if you can't <laughs> save your home planet? Yeah, what could you do? You could turn into a car. Great. You know, did you make a whole film? Did you record a song with Bradley Cooper? No, you didn't. I mean, he literally can change into a car. Can he turn into Queen Anne? No, he can't. Get in the bin. You're not a true actor. Yeah. Did he look like a badger? No. Owen Wilson can turn into a car, for God's sake. <laughs> Uh, what's Owen Wilson up to at the moment? I don't know. He's probably going to be <laughs> probably be in the next Anderson movie, won't he? He's always in those. That's, that's a guaranteed job for him and Bill Murray and all of those. All of that sort. They just sit around waiting for waiting to get the call from Wes, don't they? <laughs> Jason Schwartzman is just there, chilling out, playing yeah. Pokemon. <laughs> he gets a little <laughs> call. It's like, oh, hello, is it time to make another movie again? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And he's he's also making records as well. He with is his, he with is. his band Coconut Records. Coconut Records. Yeah, um, good name. Speaking yeah, of Pokemon, so it, have you seen the new trailer for Detective Pikachu? I have. Um, it's not I, the only Pokemon news to come out, though. I know. There's a whole bunch of other stuff, isn't there? There's, what's the new thing? Pokemon? We've got three new. We've got three new Pokemon have just been announced for the next Pokemon games. Oh, good! More ridiculous Pokemon. They they <laughs> to add look to the list. Of- they because they're the starter Pokemon, they look like Pokemon instead of like something oh, thought boo. up in a fever dream. I don't want that. <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, when they evolve, they probably turn into something completely bizarre. Um but at the moment you've got a rabbit, you've got a lizard, and you've got a monkey. You've got a tree monkey, a water lizard, and a fire rabbit. Fair enough. Sounds that pretty standard. Yeah, I'm over I'm I'm all over them. I'm happy. I think I know which one I'm going to pick when I play it. But um, Detective Pikachu, I don't know why, but I'm w- like really weirdly excited for that film. I think it looks hilarious and extremely good. And it's a weird kind of combination of 
enjoying present day like really really good animation and i think we're, we're living in a golden age of animation and and of films that mix live action with animation and stuff in a really really good way um crossed with my nostalgia for playing pokemon as a child and being so into it that the trailer just pushed all of those buttons for me and i'm really really excited for it yeah i think it's doing a really good job of combining those two factors and they're really they're clearly aiming for that so obviously you know they're going to be going for kids to go and watch this movie but there's also going to be a lot of people of our generation who go and see it because it hits all those nostalgia buttons um even down to the fact that he's voiced by ryan reynolds um there's a quality to that that really appeals to people of our generation who grew up playing the pokemon game so actually yeah i'm quite excited about it as well i think it's going to be a lot of fun yeah i think it looks really really good and yeah very funny so that that should win all of the oscars next year yeah where's detective pikachu's oscar yeah they they should have like preemptively just given it one already just to make sure that everyone knows that it's going to be the best film of 2019 yes yeah so then we had best animated feature spiders men into the spiders verse i have Mm -hmm. not seen that have you no, but I've heard amazing things about it. And again, everyone I know who's seen that said that it was really good. Yep. So, you know, we've got some good winners here. And I'm quite pleased to see Disney slash Pixar not winning the best animated feature. Because it seems like they win it all the time. Yeah, yeah. The, the Pixar got best animated short for Bow, which is really good. I have seen that. I haven't seen any of the others, so I can't comment on whether it actually deserves it. But it's it's good. bow Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah, the Oscars are bad and everyone hates them and boo to the Oscars. We should just do our own awards. We should. Best best robot who can transform into a car? Yep. Owen Bumblebee, Wilson. not Optimus <laughs> Prime. Mate, you don't even win the best Transformer category. Yeah. Best Skeletor, not Skeletor. <laughs> Um, yeah, we should do our own Oscars. We actually, we actually should. That'd be good. We should do. Should we? Should it be an annual thing? We go back through every film that we've watched that that year and go through it. Yeah, well, that's a really good idea. We should do that. Yeah. Shall we actually next week do our 2018 Oscars, or shall we do oh, we do mate. like long lists? We'll come up with if we each come up with two, well, like two or three for each category, and then we can yeah we can go from there. That actually sounds like a really good idea. Should we do this? Should yeah, we do yeah, our own it. award ceremony? So for 2018, for the just the films that we watched in 2018. Yeah, yeah. That's good. This is what the people want. See, I, I tend to think mostly that awards are bullshit, but if I ever win one, I'll obviously change my mind. Yeah, I'm going to be up there crying, saying I thank my mum and dad, and we did it, baby. We yeah. did it. Et I'd like to thank God. I'd, I'd like to thank Olivia Coleman for giving me the power to to win this award with her fantastic performance in The Favourite. Yeah. I'd like to thank Prince you know, for, every, for everything. I'd like to thank Prince for giving me an album free with the mail on Sunday. <laughs> you're, you're never going to let me forget that shit, are you? <laughs> like, no, I feel not. like... I I did I feel well Prince did it I didn't do it but I feel so like personally affronted that you keep mentioning it that I feel like I did it I feel like I it's personally because... went to the news agents and affixed the CD to every copy of the Mail on Sunday It's because you feel you feel guilt for it and rightly so you're enabling the day <laughs> the Mail on uh, Sunday Paddy 
Next time I see you, I'm going to push you in a lake. Just like <laughs> Prince pushes his girlfriend into Lake Minnetonka. And you're going to drive off on your motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, so have you got anything else to say about Dear White People? Um, no, I, I think we've covered everything. This is a film that I very much enjoyed. I think it's very, very good, and I think everyone should watch it. If you, if you like, um, if you like the kind of films that we like and deal with the kind of, if you're down with what we're down with, then I'm pretty sure that you'll enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, Have you so, seen any so of the TV series? Actually, I haven't. No, because. I I wanted to show my other half the movie first before we watched it. Ah, this was the so perfect she hadn't seen it. it. No. Um, so, what did she make yeah, of it? She very much enjoyed it as well. Thought it was great. Excellent. Yeah. So how how should we? Oh, you don't have anything else to say, right? No. Um. The only thing I'd say is that um, according to trivia, um, the um the the parody of the Birth of a Nation. That, that Sam makes for her student film class. The Rebirth um, of a Nation. Yes, The Rebirth of a Nation. Um, it, it, it has parallels with something that Spike Lee had when he was a student at um, NYU's graduate film school, um, where he was forced to watch Birth of a Nation, um, uh, where it was taught as a milestone in technical development of cinema rather than about its racism. Yeah, terrible. Um, so so he made a, a short film that responded to it, which did not go down very well, and he was nearly kicked out of NYU. This made um, me realise as well that I um I haven't seen Do the Right Thing and I feel like I need to watch that as well. Oh well, there we go. We should we should go on a spike uh, spike lee um yeah. marathon. Yeah. Have some lee time. Have some lee time. Um yeah, so so yeah, so that was the only thing. I think it's quite interesting the way that it it has those parallels to real life events, not just with the parties, but with the sort of individual moments along the way as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very, very good. Yeah. You can tell that it has these influences, but it's not stealing from anyone. It's yeah. It's a love and tribute. Yeah, it's great. Really impressive film. Um so yeah, how are we gonna how are we gonna score this? How many so okay so you're you're hosting the blackface party and the black student union shows up how many bottles on the bar are they gonna smash before you intervene oh that's a good one out of 20 how Um, long are you gonna let them get away with this shit (laughs) so for me it's gonna be 17 bottles nice um i like this film a lot um i think it's it it has a real interesting discussion around it i think it's a film that everybody should watch really great film yeah i i think i would agree i think i i would give it a 17 as well it's definitely it's it's up there you know very very high score and deserving of it it's good i think i'm gonna be thinking about it for a while and i would watch it again as well yeah so i've watched it a few times and which i i don't often say actually do i no no more often Um, you catch me saying i'm not gonna watch it again but i I would watch that again for sure yeah and and for me at least this is a film that gets it's just as good on every watch um really really great movie yeah and that's uh that's a real testament to its its greatness cool so are we going to be doing our oscars next week then yeah yeah but we should still watch a a film anyway cool okie dokie so i we've had a request from my dad he wants us to watch the apartment from 1960 um and i feel like we haven't been back to the 60s for quite some time so it's probably a good idea um and i've never seen it it looks like quite an interesting one 
produced and directed by Billy Wilder, um, starring Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. It looks like looks like quite a fun one. Nice awesome! Little, I don't think nice I've seen it. Trip back in time. Excellent stuff. Yeah, but yeah, we can we can also do our do our Oscars as well. Awesome! Awesome! Sweet. Right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, that's we've, already co- we've already covered the Oscars, haven't we? We so, have indeed. Yeah. yeah. Boo to the Oscars. Boo. Boo. All right. Well, yeah, we'll leave it there. But um, thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this and that you enjoyed Dear White People. Um, if you think that the title is provocative, then go away. We don't want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do We do like to hear from you and to get your opinions, recommendations, etc., um, you can email us bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at bigboysdon'tpod. Always love to hear from you. Yes, let us know what you thought of it. Um, also, let us know if there was any racist parties at your university because you're not alone. Yeah, for sure. We can talk about those if you want. I think there was a guy at one dressed as Flavor Flav, wasn't there? Was there? Jesus. I believe I believe there was a photo of him in the 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 Idiot Times, whatever the paper was called. I can't remember. See, I, I, I don't often think that people should just be left in a dark room until they die, but <laughs> sometimes you've got to make adjustments, don't you? Yeah. Well, at least he'd be able to tell the time. <laughs> right, on that note. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week to talk about the apartment. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>